0: you are listening
1: to get
2: real podcasts dan yes gliner
1: i am looking at this wonderfully developed facebook page here wait and, wait
2: go back to the carbs
0: yeah okay yeah that,
1: i see blackberry pie on <laughs> oh, here oh man. man and it is about uh, dinner time over here where we're at right now that looks that looks really good yep and then we got these uh, look at these muffins, muffins with chocolate drizzle on them yeah, oh that's, that's good temptation. too temptation that is and Look at that! Is that? I guess that's a cup of coffee, tea, or maybe some chamomile. Some sleepy we're, time. We're going to have to find out about that. <laughs> yeah, you know, this looks like something maybe out of Betty Crocker or a Zondervan's commercial maybe. or something like that. Okay, or maybe it, it's a metalhead. <laughs> it could be. It could be. And uh, for our listeners, stay tuned, and you're going to find out. But uh, look at the uh, look at the profile here. It says that this person loves Jesus, music, being bubbly, fluffy animals she probably love Mac, the metal dog. Yeah, uh, okay. Mac's cool. Mac's cool. Snuggling, encouraging, learning, and and, and traveling. So um, this really sounds like a, a very sweet, mild-mannered uh, Christian woman. Completely. And definitely sweet, uh, mild-mannered, but quiet? Uh, no. Uh, let's, let's take a listen to something. <laughs> I, I, listeners got to hear this. This is, this is who we're going to be talking to in just a few seconds here. Get a load of this. All right.
3: Oh, I'm rocking
1: already. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. (laughs) Oh, man. That's what I'm talking about. I bet
2: those muffins rock, too.
1: On the line with you know her roar makes Katy Perry sound like a newborn oh, kitten. Don't
3: even.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, and we got thunder in the background right now too. This is awesome for awesome for a fact. On the line with us, we have Shannon Graham and Jay, and they are part of a band called World Breaker. It's kind of interesting how I found them. I found a post that Shannon put on one of those heavy metal Facebook group. Uh, facebook pages is like hey check out our music i didn't even check out the music i was like this is somebody i want to talk to it didn't even listen to anything and i reached out to her before listening to anything and we found out that we had a lot in common in professional pursuits and everything like that too i was like oh this is gonna be awesome and then when i dug into the music i was like oh i am just so sold i was like this yeah, is this no, is it
2: uh, no lie he just showed me which one what did you show me star which breather one? okay star breather Oh, my goodness. Yes. I'm stoked. Shannon and Jay, welcome to the Get Real
1: Podcast. Welcome.
0: Hi, guys. Thanks for having us. Oh,
1: it's it's our pleasure. So you guys have a band called World Breaker. That is a very, I would say, uh, thought-provoking name. For a band, uh, it's not like something like Ripe Diaper that I would come up with.
3: Or, 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 or.
2: Oh, that's really
1: bad, Clint. <laughs> oh. you, you know what the first cover song of that band would be, Dan?
2: <laughs> no, don't tell me. Like,
1: Winds of Change. Okay.
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. I'm trapped in here with a cornball. <laughs> <laughs> Can you
1: explain to us, World Breaker, what... What is, what is the deeper meaning behind that? If, if there is one guys.
0: Okay. So it's, it's, it's kind of a funny story a little bit. And, and we actually started out with like a ton of different names and, uh, we would, I had like this running list on my phone of like these names that we came up with. And between Jay Dale and I were, we would like settle on like these really quirky names and we would like laugh about them, but nothing ever really stuck with us. And, uh, Jay actually has this little studio that um it's right now just kind of only used for like, you know, family and friends and our own use right now, but he called it World Breaker. And um it actually comes from the verse uh first John uh two, fifteen through seventeen. It says, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh. The lust of the eyes and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. So basically the name just comes down to, I mean, breaking the whole of the world. I mean, we all have experienced the world just slapping us in the face. I mean, life just kind of sucks for everyone at some point, you know. There's no escaping that. And so world breaker is just one of those things where it's like, you break what the world has on you, and you break free. And the way that you do that is through God. And I mean, Jay might be able to give you a little, little more insight on what he, uh, why he chose that for his studio name.
4: Yeah. So it, I I, I love video games. Okay. So the actual the term came from uh, League of Legends. They released a bundle of skins called Wallbreaker. Breaker like man that sounds really cool so at, you know the at first the fact that it sounded cool i was like man that'd be a cool studio name or something and then it just kind of started turning the wheels like you know that's kind of a good thing to to try and break the world itself of it of the spiritual uh just the spiritual aspect of everything you see in it so i mean yeah it it was Kind of a, a couple things that went into it, but I mean, ultimately it was just, it was a pretty cool name and it had a lot of relevance to how we
2: felt about things around us. That's really cool. Hey, tell me why metal? Uh, what in the Hi. past, mo, I mean, metal, there's so many things out there. You could be singing jazz. Why, why metal?
0: Well, one, I don't know if my voice would go with jazz very well. I've always had like this, this raspy kind of voice, you know, but, um, honestly, so Jay and Dale, uh, they used to be in my heart to fear together, which was definitely a metal band. Um, I used to be in light up the darkness. Um, I wasn't the lead singer, but I did do screens, play the bass and play the piano. Um, and we were like heavy rock, um, alternative rock, whatever you want to call it. Um, I had always kind of liked um, a little bit heavier styles than what my band used to be. Um, of course, I love all styles of music, and so do the boys. I mean, Dale literally walks around with a cowboy hat on and his phone blaring country music most of the time. So, Amen. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we all kind of love all different types of styles of music, but we all kind of converged at the metal point. Um, And so, I mean, you can hear it in our songs that there's just kind of all kinds of different styles that kind of converge there. But really the meeting point for all of us was metal. So, um, I mean, really we didn't overthink when we started writing. We just kind of started writing. And I love screaming more than I do singing. So, I mean, it really wasn't a hard choice for us as far as the metal goes.
4: Yeah, and I've been writing music for close to 20 years now and You know, since I was nine, ten years old, I would listen to, uh, you know, As I Lay Dying, when they first started, when, you know, Avenged Sevenfold was still a nobody. So uh, it was something that metal is just really good at capturing a lot of emotions. Plus, Mm -hmm. it's incredibly fun to write and play. So those are, you know, those are all great reasons to be a metal band.
0: Yeah, rock has always been kind of at the forefront of my music uh, style, especially because, well, I grew up with my dad. I mean, he used to win um, talent shows in the Air Force and everything like, you know, around the world, like he was really into rock music. That was his thing. And so growing up, um, my bedroom was actually right next to the music room. And I would fall asleep to my dad, you know, playing the acoustic guitar or practicing his rock. And that's kind of I mean, you know, I grew up with the classic rock being, you know, the music of choice and our family. And so we, uh you know, I would always grow up with rock but then you know we started when I was eight or nine my parents became youth pastors and we started going to all of these like rock shows and then we met uh this band named Disciple which I'm sure you guys have heard of them very familiar with them uh, yeah (laughs) I hope so (laughs) but uh through a couple of occurrences we actually became really good friends with them when I was like nine years old and I've seen them in concert like 60 plus times and that's no exaggeration and uh So I guess when I was younger, my real taste of like hard rock slash metal was Disciple and it just kind of bloomed from there. And I just rock has always been a thing for our family. And so growing up, I mean, it just kind of blossomed into metal, you know,
1: I need to wrap my head around this. I absolutely love your vocal style. And I want I want to hear from you uh, and have our listeners understand hearing a good female screamer is is very rare. Okay that's not very common, especially when it comes to Christian metal. it's really not very common at all. <laughs> what is it that draws you to that? why why do you feel comfortable with that and how do you believe God's using that? Um, when a lot of people would hear that and be like, oh, it's devil's devil's devil when no just just be quiet, sit down in the back, please. Um, <laughs> you know when it's actually something that's very godly That's a good question, Glenn. I worked on that all week.
0: (laughs) So, you know, I never really chose to scream. Like it just, it just happened. So I told you about Disciple. Um, We used to take every chance to go see them in concert and and seeing them in concert, you know, that gave us a taste of a lot of other metal slash hard rock bands. And um, actually when I was 11, we, um, have a ton of family in arizona and there just so happened to be a disciple concert in albuquerque new mexico um when we were on our way to arizona one time so we actually stopped off and um i had never screamed before this or even thought about it in fact my i you know my parents they went and performed you know um in coffee shops and whatnot and i would play the tambourine or the shaker up front with them um, but I never did any singing or, you know, any bass playing or piano playing or anything like that up in front of people. Like I did, I still don't like a lot of attention. Like that is, I, I just don't like it that much. So my parents had to like pull teeth to get me to perform it all in front of people. And even then it was only doing the tambourine and shaker, but, um, so I never thought about doing any screaming or anything like that. Like, that was not something that I chose to, like, start practicing or whatever. But we were at this show when I was 11, and there was a random local band. And it has been far too long for me to remember the name of the local band. But they had this really, really catchy song. And the words to that, to, to this line that really caught me were... um for anyone who's entangled in the web of sin, all you have to do is knock, knock, and he'll let you in. And they're talking about Jesus. And this part was screamed. And for whatever reason, um, me and my two sisters, I have a twin and an older sister is about a year and a half older than me. And we all were obsessed with that song. And so as we were all piling back into this 15 passenger van that we used to, you know, travel, um, we were, you know, pretending to act out this song. I mean, I was 11. You know, my older sister was 12, maybe 13. And, and so we were, we were acting this out. And as my parents are starting to climb in the car, you know, I let out this scream doing that part, just trying to mimic the guy. My dad slowly turns back and looks in the back seat and he goes, who just did that? <laughs> and then I, like I was, you know, raised by my thinking I'm in trouble or something like that. I did something wrong, and, and my dad's like, "Do it again." And so I'm like, kind of looking at my sisters, like, "Oh crap!" And so I do it again, and my dad, my dad looks at my mom, and he go, and he just gets this look on his face, oh, and they don't say funny. anything, and then we just drive away.
3: Oh, so from so there on guys. out, my dad has
0: always pushed for me to be, you know, up in the in the limelight and whatnot, and it just has never been that way, like oh my gosh, stage fright, I hated it. Like, I would be asked to sing up in front of the church and I would like wanna sing backstage, you know? (laughs) I still wanna sing for people, but sing backstage, you know? And uh, so my dad finally talked me into screaming um, with uh, the youth band, actually. We would um, cover some songs, some Christian songs and put a little bit harder edge on them. So he finally talked me into screaming, I think I was like 17. And, uh, so we just performed usually for the youth group. And so he talked me into screaming finally in front of everybody. And it just, it became a thing. And like, I never like really practiced my screams or anything up to that point. But when, um, we, and then we started doing light up the darkness and I actually like became a staple as far as the screaming and whatnot goes. And, um, but I had never practiced it or anything like that. It just happened one time when I was 11 and then, and I didn't realize that it was any big deal until I got a little bit older and realized that it isn't a popular thing, you know, but what I think is really cool though, is that I have people tell me all the time that because Dale and Jay had to really, really push me to actually be the lead person in the band because I just don't like being the center of attention. And, and it's not that it's because like I can handle it. I just don't like it because I don't like people to look at me and what I can do. I want them to see Jesus. And sometimes I feel like, um, it can be a fine line, especially when you are a front lead woman in, especially a genre like this. I mean, you do get a lot of attention because it is rare, and so I always am constantly praying for God to to guide my heart and to you know make sure to where He is the limelight and not me. And so I think that it's it's I've had a couple of friends tell me that that's why I belong in the lead is because. I I'm I like to try and be humble about that because I don't believe it's me. I believe it's God because, again, I didn't even know that I could do it or that it was a cool thing, but God led me to that. And so I believe that the way that God uses that is um, uh, giving me a more humble heart and helping me realize that, you know, it's Him and then being able to tell others that so that when people are like, Oh my gosh, you're awesome. I like to respond. Well, praise God. You know, it's all him. It's not me. You know, I just like him to shine through me.
2: That's beautiful. <laughs> uh,
1: that is really... that is wonderful. And your dad is cool. Okay, <laughs> Dan and I, we come from a very very well. It's been a spiritual roller coaster most yeah, it's of our lives. Ride, if ride. any of us had screamed, we once got in trouble for turning the volume up and Dan going into free song using Black Sabbath's "Paranoid," and we were in the in the corner <laughs> one afternoon. And if we, if, it, if Dan had started screaming, they would have been tried to cast a devil out of him instead of saying you need to get up and do that. Uh, you know what I love, yeah. Shannon,
2: Shannon and Jay. I was just exposed to your music today and Glenn was, playing. what was the name of the star Okay. We, we both work like crazy. It's not like we're professional podcasters that just sit around and get to do it. So I just heard, and it moved me in a worshipful way. And I mean that from the very bottom of my heart. I I write some music. I'm amateur. I do some different things. And when I hear you um, talking about, that reluctance to be in the limelight, the reluctance to be the center of attention. And it's such a beautiful display, because let me tell you, it's either something about people that like to express themselves through metal, or like to receive from metal, that allows for cerebral theological expression. And there's something about a reluctance that can filter and give real authenticity and it's, it's a beautiful thing because there's nothing worse than hearing someone's hysterionic little, um, oh, I'm the center of the universe. Aren't I special? Look at me. I'm the pretty <laughs> center of attention. that I'm going to turn that off in five seconds. But yeah. when you have planets colliding and you're talking and using obscure French terms off on. <laughs> yeah, we, we had to look that I had up. to look that <laughs> one up. I was like, this is so literary. It's so stimulating. It's so beautiful. It's such logos. It's talking about God uttering the the worlds into existence oh my goodness i want to worship jesus christ the lord of all and it moved me into a worshipful state and i'm like this is beautiful this is absolutely creative and beautiful and i loved it and i don't get i'm like y'all and y'all refresh me in the sense of saying like oh yeah country and this i could go from bluegrass to (laughs) funk to jazz, to metal, to rush, and then I'm ending it with like Patsy Cline or, or Ella Fitzgerald. And my, and my kids follow me and they're like, yeah, dad, that rocks. And then it's like, and then Devin Townsend to top right. off the Sunday, right? right. And, but you forgot Silly oh, Songs yeah. with Larry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Little Veggie Tales, <laughs> throw that in there. But it's, it's so refreshing to hear authentic art. That's created directly to the logos of God, like speaking through you. you want you don't want to be the center of attention. you want to be um, what do you say subservient to Christ. You want to express something, but, there's an epidemic of lack of creativity. There's an epidemic of wimpy people that get out and they express something that they're copying somebody. Or, oh, I'm a praise band. I'm going to try to sound like Coldplay. I'm going to be the 900th praise band that mm-hmm. tries to emulate Coldplay. And, or, or something like that. And it's like, no, be what do what God has stirred in you. You're completely genetically unique. God made Amen. the platypus, for crying out loud. He made <laughs> yeah. trilobites. He made all sorts of weird things. It's like we can be unique, and we can celebrate the things of God. So your music definitely 100% speaks to people. At least to this these two guys right here, it did to me. Yeah. Shane, I want to talk about
1: Star Breather for a minute, because we're going to play that for our listeners, because we want them— This is one thing that I like about the Get Real podcast listeners, is that they are very loyal and voracious, Okay. So I want to okay. get you exposed to our listeners. But first of all, looking at that video, what was it like traveling in space to get that video footage of the stars colliding and everything like that?
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's, pretty, it's,
4: it's pretty crazy because that, the first half of that song was actually written like five years ago. Okay. And it was just, because I, I have riffs and stuff that I keep archived from over the past several years and, it just never had an ending. And then, you know, we're, we're getting ready to release an EP and we just, I had so much stuff to put out there and we just started writing this um, using, you know, MIDI and stuff like that to kind of get a direction going. And it took like two days to finish it. This song that's like five or six years old. And, I was like, hey, I think this is ready for lyrics. And then, you know, she gets in the, you know, we makeshift our bathroom. I've got blankets hanging up everywhere. And she. she...
0: (laughs) I do have to say, though, like, I was missed at him at first because I walk in and I'm hearing him, like, finish this song. And I think it sounds cool and everything like that. But him and Dale had talked about doing this instrumental. I'm like, this is going to be the instrumental, right? Because the way that the song was set up, I'm like, how the heck do you want me to write lyrics to this? There's like, there's no like chorus, verse, you know, whatever, there's like no set structure. What are you doing to me? I was like, at him at first. I was like, you seriously are making this very hard on me.
4: (laughs) So she gets in the booth and she gets the headphones on and, we just all were really, really feeling the spirit move. Like, and I know you fellas know exactly what I'm talking yes. about. You know, yes. it's not, you know, it's not you singing, you know, it's not yes. you playing the instrument. And, you know, we got to the point to where she just shut the lights up in the room, bathroom, bathroom and recorded the whole rest of the song in the darkness. Because-
2: did you, did you know the lyrics at that point? Or was that like, boom, she was just singing something new for you?
0: So it was actually, okay, so I have to mention at this point, um, so I know that you mentioned before we came on about uh, your deal with In Temptation, and so I won't dive into that too deeply right, right now, but um, it was actually funny because before I wrote the lyrics, when I first heard the song come on, and I'll have to tell you a story about With Temptation back when I was 18 as well. But, yeah, we, I want to get um, into that. Yeah. Yeah. So when I heard him like finishing up the thing, I, I, when I first thought that it was, um, a, um, an instrumental, I actually went in there. And when he told me that it wasn't an instrumental, I was like, Oh man, this is a little stressful, but I immediately get on YouTube and have him listen to within temptation. And, um, I think that the song and now you can correct me if I'm wrong. I am terrible with song names, but as I do believe it's yes. the name of the song. Yes. Super old one, but our, our it, darkest a, hour,
1: just, our darkest yes, hour. Thank yes. you.
0: Thank you very much. Yeah. So back in the day that used to be like, that was the song that actually got me into the band with Intentation. And I immediately, when I heard him playing that and he said, well, there's actually, we want lyrics to it. I'm like, oh, shoot well that's going to be difficult but i definitely hear this style here and so i played this song for him and dale um or that song on youtube and i was like you guys i really hear this and i hadn't re- written the lyrics by that point but the following night i actually sat down next to jay and within a few minutes i would written out lyrics but i had no idea how i was going to sing them i was on a melody lock i looked at jay and i was like i have i have no idea how i'm going to sing this song like it is progressive. So it's like, it's not following the same basic outline as like most songs follow. So I have no idea what to do with this. So instead of like trying to sit there and figure it all out, I just, I just looked at Jay and he goes, let's just jump in the vocal booth. I was like, all right, let's do this. (laughs) So we get in there and we just stumbled through a few different things. And like, I'm not going to lie. Like we took very few takes and I told Jay, I said, I'm just going to turn off the lights in here because I was getting goosebumps." just from listening to it and I was like, you know, God's doing something, so I'm just gonna sing. And he's like, All right, I'm recording. So and that's what we did. And it was a couple of times we had to stop because like I was just getting real emotional and and couldn't, you know, when you record you have to have a good take. And I was like, we're gonna have to pause I'm getting emotional in here. But I we just kinda let the spirit move and do whatever came out of us. And we've actually had a couple of people, you know, say this is a really odd song you know but it it wasn't us it was god and and we just kind of left it for him to do what he wanted to with it
2: it really comes through and you know what old generation z guy or generation what are we x x X guys you know what we would call that a fax (laughs) (laughs) you got a fax (laughs) from the lord (laughs) he moved on you and he did something just he's like boom i want this said. and let me tell you i'm very sensitive to things like that and when as soon as I started listening, um, the whole rudiment of the, the outer space, the colliding planets, the order of the universe, the, the the chaos, the things, and I'm reverberate. I'm just in my soul. I'm like yes, and that is such a starting point for ministry. People that mm-hmm. are being moved upon by the Lord they have to deal with creation they have to deal with purpose they have to deal with this design they can go um neo-darwinistic it's an emotional tantrum to just uh, use a little bit of octopus ink so you can go and dwell in your lusts and not have to deal with the conviction of sin and so if everybody's telling me that hey i jumped out of a primordial soup it's not a baby it's just a tissue it's a parasite you can kill you can do whatever you want to do it's all good it's all this um, Postmodernistic squish, of, squish. Of, 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 of gruel, right? You can just make whatever smoothie you want to make about truth. But when it comes to how did we get here? How did the solar system get here? How did the sun stay the right distance away? How did the earth and the moon and this huge like gauntlet that is running while we sleep, right? That's just ripe right. enough. Ray Comfort said it's it's just ripe en- It's just good enough to ripen my tomatoes perfectly. Not burn me up into a crisp. Just ripe enough, right. just just close enough to ripen my, well, my I don't fruit know. trees.
0: See, I'm really white, so I get burnt to a crisp at the time. We might need to talk to Jesus about
2: adjusting a little bit. <laughs> That's
1: good. <laughs> the other night, and I want, to, I want to talk about this because it really hits home to me, and you had brought it up just a few seconds ago. The other night when I was listening to Star Breather, I was doing a review of it, for this podcast while I was writing basically the outline. And when we get to the clean vocal part, I had to stop and go back. I was like, wait a minute. I hear the hint of within temptation in there, which is very difficult to pull off. That That is not something that can be, uh, you know, somebody just can't wake up and say, oh, yeah, I'm going to emulate that vocal style of, of, of Sharon. And I sent you a message. I was like, uh, I, I want to make sure I'm hearing this right. But I hear a hint of that in there. And that's really special to me because that was the the that was the first thing that really when i was recovering from a brain tumor from brain surgery and going through a divorce at the same time it was that voice and that sound that really kind of calmed me down and god used as a, as a healing for me and to find somebody else it's like oh yeah because here in the united states people are like yeah what what's that you know you, you don't find many people right. that that know who within temptation is and you were like, yeah, uh, they were my favorite band when I was like 18. Can you, what was it that drew you to Within Temptation? How did you find them, and and that influence that's in there? Because there is something very special about them that I can't quite put my finger on. And I really believe that that God has. I don't know where they're at, but I, I've been praying for them, and I know that God's used them in my life. What is it about them that in your life, Shannon?
0: so it's been many years ago but um so my dad actually found them on youtube and um he was like girls you gotta check out this band i've always had an obsession with ireland and celtic things Mm -hmm. um same here yeah and so yeah and i don't know if you've ever heard of the band lvt
1: yes we actually did two podcasts about them are you
0: serious okay so (laughs) This is really cool because most people have no clue who Elviti or with Temptation. Like, nobody has any idea who these bands are. Um, and so back in the day, uh, with Temptation, my dad found him on YouTube. He's like, girl. You gotta check this band out. They are so cool. This lady has some pipes on her. I'm like, all right, all right. So we listened. And my twin sister and I, uh back in the day, uh, we actually bought a car together. And since we were twins, I mean, we did everything together. I mean, we had like the same job, we were, you know, worked at the same place, we you know, because we were the same age. So we did everything the same anyway. So we were always in the car together. And so my twin and I ended up really liking them. And so Um, darkest hour. That was, that was the song that caught us first. And um, we uh, actually, uh, and our car was this huge boat of a car. And it's actually really funny because I'm extremely short and I couldn't drive the car because I was so short that even a pillow wouldn't allow me to see over the (laughs) steering wheel. So my, my twin actually ended up driving everywhere. And um, our big thing was, and of course um, it's been quite a few years since I was 17, but um, back then, we used to turn our CDs into tapes so that we could listen to them in the car, um, and that might be a lost thing on a lot of people these days, but um, we had a tape of the, uh, we got the CD uh, for Within Tentation, we ordered it online, and um, we turned it into a tape so that we could play it in our giant car together. (laughs) And everywhere we went, um, we had three bands that we listened to. I mean, because we were limited, you know, because you had to be able to make the tape to listen to it in the car. So we only had so many tapes at the time. And we were still a little bit newer to listening to like the metal metal because we were in a transition from hard rock to metal. um, We, the three CDs that we listened to were um, actually four. Um, It would be a Demon Hunter, And it was uh, Norma Jean. And let me see. And then Within Temptation. And I'm trying to remember who the fourth one was. Oh, Emery. Okay. And we, yeah, we listened to those four over and over and over again. But we got obsessed with In Temptation mainly because she was really fun to sing with.
3: Mm -hmm. I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Come on, Glenn, when
0: try. You can, you can sing like her. It just sound odd. <laughs> but no, yes, yeah, so we would like to, we love singing with her at the top of our lungs in the car. And um, uh, my sister and I at the time actually were lifeguards. And my parents, when we, it was literally on our 18th birthday, um, our parents, surprised, my sister and I picked us up from our work um, with temptation was playing 10 shows in the United States. Oh. Which, yeah, it was huge. The closest one they were playing to us was in Colorado. Okay. So my great sister and I, through sharing our love for temptation to belt these you know, songs at the Color Lungs, we were absolutely stoked to go get to see them for our 18th birthday in Colorado. And so we actually get there thinking it's supposed to be some ballroom thing or whatever we get there and it's some hole in the wall bar that they're playing at. <laughs> and Oh my gosh, my parents, the look on their faces, it was so funny. My mom was like, Oh dear. <laughs> so we get in there and we're getting built beer spilled all over us and everything, but we are just so stoked to get to see these guys live, you know? And, uh, Let's kind of find out. Um, We actually stopped listening to them after this, but they uh, were actually yelling, like, the F word from the stage and everything when they got up there to play. And my mom, okay, so my mom, it was absolutely ours. We had already bought merch shirts and all this. Uh And she, when they get up on stage, their guitarist for the invitation actually yells the F word. And my mom looks at my dad, and she marches right up and returns all the merch that we bought. But... Well, and, and to, to be slightly fair, over there it's a little bit different. It's different um, in the
1: Netherlands. Yep.
0: Yep. Right. Yeah. So, but. And with we the actually Irish. With them <laughs> after, yeah. We <laughs> slightly stuck with them after that just simply because um, we were a little strict on that. And they, you know, they were pretty rough in concert as far as like. Um, I don't know if they, I know that uh, when we, when we talked to the lead singers, they actually were a little bit more, um, uh, paganism, mm-hmm. uh, was a little bit more their style rather than Christianity. Yep. And, um, at the time, my parents, uh, didn't, didn't want us to, you know, be listening to that actively and whatnot. They were, um, a little bit stricter and whatnot. So we uh, kind of stopped listening to that after that, but, you could definitely feel a spirit um with her style, um, with their music in general. It's very unique and I'm really into that like European slash Swedish metal, like that is probably my favorite style of metal. It's just so unique and very melodic sounding. I love that sound. Um, but with her voice, it I think the thing that really drew me them to, to them the most was the fact that you are used to hearing you know, guys' voices or a more manly sounding voice, even if it's coming from a woman when it comes to metal. And that's what I hear a lot, actually. Um, when I run into other female uh, screamers um, in metal, they usually have these very, very low growls. And I can get lower, but they have that like real guttural growl, you know, which is I, great. I love it. But it's not common for you to hear that, like when you hear metal you think you're getting ready to hear like this manly raspier voice you know and so when I heard her voice um and it was just this beautiful almost like opera style voice at moments it's just it's beautiful you know and it just caught me off guard and it went so well with like the metal sound that I was like gosh I love that and it just and when I heard when he started playing Starbreather for me, and I I was told I was going to be having to write lyrics to it, I was just like, "This is what I want. Yeah. I want that beautiful melodic metal sound, but I want that that very you know high pitched." soft, tight voice in there with it like she did. I'm like, I think that's just it would be the perfect combination. Oh,
2: yeah. Absolutely. Well, I'm sure Jay, I'm sure you would agree with your recording experience. Having a female vocal right upon the mix, even sonically, as far as the frequencies and being able to dial it, everything in, it is, it's is—it's easier to get that uh, that that sound than it would be a guy mid-bass, right in the middle competing with all the uh, the electric guitars and bass and everything. It gets lost in the mix.
4: Yeah, man, mixing her is a is a dream. It's, yeah, I can imagine. Just you know, slight EQ, hardly any compression, and it's boom right in your face. Yeah, well, so. it gave me
2: goosebumps. So yeah. y'all connected. Yeah, it's good.
1: We're gonna take. Yeah, <laughs> we're we're gonna take a quick break and listen to Star Breather. We're gonna expose our listeners to this. They're going to absolutely love it. Uh, we'll be right back, and we're going to switch gears a little bit. We're going to talk more about—I want to talk more about God and Jesus—in in just a few minutes after we after listen to this song. Yes, and justice. So, this is "Star Breather" by Worldbreaker. Shannon, in addition to being a gifted artist, you also have a background in something that's dear to my heart, criminology and sociology. Um, You also have a degree in English, correct?
0: Correct. Yes. My bachelor's is in English, and um, I actually have an associate's in teaching and English. And then my master's, which I still have two classes left to go on that, is uh, criminal justice sociology and psychology.
1: So you've probably got us all figured out by now that uh, Dan and Glenn oh, are too no. now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think, I'm pretty sure the more I learn, the more I realize I don't know. And I'm like, dang, you think the more you study, the more you're going to have it figured out. But you realize, oh my goodness, there's so much still to learn. <laughs> you
2: know what I'm going to bring up? Go for it, Dan. <laughs> the mystic, uh, the 15th century mystic, Nicholas yeah. of Cusa with his learned ignorance yes, and and understanding that in the approach to the infinite that one can do the most by recognizing the impossibility of being able to comprehend who is infinite therefore you back off acknowledge humbly in a childlike manner that you're incapable of comprehending him and then you approach him in divine bliss and be able to receive his revelation boom boom <laughs> you inspired me you inspired me i read too much but now that's exciting that's like metalheads are always like it's it, it can be such a place where you can um release how do you take a pop song and release uh I don't know, the vicarious substitutionary atonement, the hypostatic union, the, the speaking worlds into existence. You can't. It's all about just your latest breakup and somebody shaking their hips or some sensuality. It's just yes. really, really, really <laughs> basic, right? Yeah. And if you go beyond that, they're like, ew, what yeah, is that? I
1: don't under, I don't understand that. So <laughs> I, I don't get it, Stacey. <laughs> You're
2: know? you gonna talk about justice, right? Justice, justice, yes. Let's talk
1: about justice.
2: So we have So am I
0: hearing Am I hearing, though, real quick, pause. Am I hearing, do you guys not like pop music?
2: We do. I like everything, but yeah. I don't like anything that's like, if it's too basic, it just drives me nuts. Yeah. I, if it's just enjoyable, I could listen to reggae and be like, yeah. that's pretty cool. But if it's just like <laughs> my my next boyfriend, my next breakup, I'm like, someone, you know, yeah, just it's, hit it's me. It's
4: crazy because that's, that's the stuff, you, it's literally about as shallow and In the moment as things can get.
2: So I think
1: so
4: many people can be caught up in those quick week-long emotions. And that's why so many people can relate to it. But it's also why ninety percent of what you hear on the radio is not timeless.
0: It's just It's, it's popular because it's easy for people to quickly relate to. It doesn't go very deep. It's a very shallow type of emotion. So people can just like Quickly connect to it, get in and get out, and you know it's almost like a drug. You
2: know what I mean? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's an easy fix. It's
4: the surface of the problem and not the root.
2: Exactly, and a marketing algorithm. It's safe play for the suits. Oh yeah, we're going to do this album. give us a good breakup song for some preteens. No, I just and and people are different. Everybody is different. Everybody has different giftings, and I'm like, I hear that, and I'm like, it's like small talk. Mm -hmm. I can enjoy saying, "Hey, how you doing?" And but when it gets like, well, the weather or the bears or the you know, it starts getting sports or whatever. I'm like, dude, I'm out. I'm out. Yeah, I just can't handle it. Now there
1: there are some some Christian pop artists. Uh, Nettie comes to mind who are very gifted, and they deal with the they use that medium to deal with the root of the problem and, and glorify Christ. Well, it's and, not the genre. It's not the genre. Not the genre. No, no. It's where where the heart's coming from in it. Yeah, uh, you know anything that's that's really deep. Uh, that moves me. Uh, there, you know, any genre that that really deals with the issue, and not just you know, like oh, let's go out, and, right. You know, get get right. sexed up. So I have up to tonight. ask.
0: I have to ask you guys. Okay, so you're talking about you know, some like pop Christian artists. Um, so I do. I have a couple of people that I actually practiced my screen to back in the day, and that was that was Disciple, Red, Flyleaf. I practiced my screen to them to hone it more Disciple and Red than anybody. Okay. Um, okay yeah yeah and so but, but not just practicing my screen now i actually um practice because i've been practicing on my lows which i'm sure you know for a woman is a little bit harder to do um and i actually practice uh to a guy named thomas portwood life by death i just i love his lows they they're amazing and i um am always practicing in my car i do not like practicing my screams in front of people because i feel absolutely ridiculous but no I also practiced my singing and back in the day I practiced my screaming more or my singing more than I did my screaming, um because I was actually embarrassed of my screaming. <laughs> but I don't know if you guys remember uh Stacy Orico or, or Rachel Lampa.
1: I remember Stacey Orico. Or
0: yeah. <laughs> That's usually the one everybody remembers, yes. but they are some pretty old-school pop Christian artists, and uh, those were the two that I actually used to practice my singing vocals to way back in the day.
2: <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. That's that that, that is going back. <laughs> uh, Shannon, I keep picturing yeah. I, I picture you with like some very... Um, like floral print apron with a tray full of muffins, and then <laughs> you're like practicing this <laughs> screen. Yeah. like, Whoa, you know? do you want some
0: if muffins? You guys are up. Okay, so it's, you guys actually said that my profile reminded you of Betty Crocker, and my nickname used to be Betty Crocker. Oh <laughs> man, we are
3: flowing
1: yeah. in the spirit up <laughs> here yep, today. we got yep. a little bit of word of knowledge. There on. we go, word of knowledge happening right here in the old fishbowl. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> that is fun. That's fun.
3: <laughs>
0: So yeah, so back in the day, I was telling you, I actually am not, you can ask my husband, I actually mouth a lot. So I, I do like pop um, because I dance and I've danced since I was little. But I, I'm with you guys on, on that pop front. The shallow lyrics are what really just, it kills it for it's me. It's nauseating. I love, yes, yes. And that's the exact word that I actually use with Jay all the time. I'm like, so monotonous, so redundant, so boring. And I think that every style can get into that, but pop is so bad for it. I'll sit there and listen to those lyrics. And as you guys know, lyrics are a huge thing for me. I'll sit there and I'll listen to a pop song and I'm like, gosh, I love this beat. And that's what gets stuck in my head. You listen to the lyrics, and I'm like, "There, there's no substance here. You repeat the same two words over and over again. Like, yeah. what did you even mean by that? Because totally. half the time it doesn't even fit together. Totally.
2: Well, I have to admit, when I'm cooking muffins, I try to hit the high part in chandelier. I really do. I feel it. I bring it. <laughs> now, 80s, <laughs> a, 80s pop is a
1: little bit different. That had that, I, I, I could 80s pop all day long. That. Very different from what we have today.
2: Yeah, totally. I mean, the eighties, <laughs> were yeah. were weird. And that was that I mean, was different different, different, different deal. Yeah, everything justice. was kind of talk justice.
1: About justice. Justice, yes. You got justice. me all psyched up to all talk about justice. Up. So, Shannon, let's uh, let's, yeah. let's talk about justice here a little bit. Criminal justice system. We have one here in the United States. There's, there's criminal justice.
0: Oh, don't get started on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: There's one throughout, the, throughout most of the world. There's, there's a criminal justice system. From right. your studies of criminal justice, how do you believe God uses that in his bigger plan for the salvation of men? That's a big question, I what, know. Criminal,
2: but, ju- wait, yeah, clarify the, criminal, that. the
1: criminal justice system. Laws, penalties, judges, judgments, things like that. The
2: concept or the enforcement, or both? Both, both. Okay. Both.
0: Okay, so, (laughs) okay, I'm gonna bring this all down and start from the beginning, okay. So, I mean, so starting with the criminal justice system, so in, in a few of my classes, we had to really dive in deep as far as comparing the criminal justice systems around the world. And really, what it comes down to—the focus of a a justice system—is supposed to be all around rehabilitation. And sadly, I mean, a, a couple of the countries have really honed in on that and done a great job at rehabilitating, you know, their their offenders. Now, and I've written long, long papers on this. Uh, the United States. Um, one of the, the biggest downfalls of the United States and their criminal justice system is when it comes to the rehabilitating part. And I believe um, as far as criminal justice goes with, with God, um, so like a righteous justice, and then our criminal justice system, I think when it comes down to it, both are focused on rehabilitation and should be the mm-hmm. focus. Now, what I believe happens with the criminal justice system in this day and age is that the rehabilitating aspect is completely lost. So we have all of these people who are offending um, and, you know, who are getting into trouble and they go into the justice system and whether they're they're slapped with a fine or probation or they get jail slash prison time, they go in and usually through all of this, it ends up being worse for them. And now, and so, can you restate your question? We want to make sure that I'm answering sure. it specifically. Sure. How for you God, guys. yeah,
1: how you believe God uses a system, a, a, a criminal justice system? How does it fit into God's bigger plan for the redemption of mankind?
0: Okay. So, yeah, and so, like as I was saying, okay, so rehabilitation is what it all comes down to, and I think that um, all of us have a struggle in life, and I mean, like, I, I, I believe that. For the most part, all of us end up really truly realizing God when we get to our lowest. And I believe that we, we see God and we know him and we can, and we can realize him in other ways. But I think the most intimate way that most of us end up finding and realizing that we need God is when we get to our lowest moments. And for a lot of people, that can be getting into trouble with the law. You know, they they might be, you know, pushing the lines or whatever, and they might get into the these these bad habits in life, and they don't realize how bad their life has gotten or how bad they need God until they get to their lowest moment and they're sitting in jail and they have nothing left in life except God. And so I believe that our justice system uh, can be used in multiple ways or that God does use it in multiple ways. Well, for one, it says in the Bible, you know, to follow the law of the land. And, and having some sort of structure in life is, I mean, in general, going to help you be a better person. I mean, just all the way around, whether you're a Christian or not, having some sort of structure and moral is is going to make you a better person. But I believe that in my experience, because I do a lot of ministry with people who are in these rough places, you know, with um, the, this youth outreach and, and whatnot, we, I've dealt with a lot of people or a lot of kids who are at that low point that are just kind of searching in life and they're lost. And they don't realize who God is in their life or who He needs to be to them until they are sitting in jail or they're you know they have probation and they can't even leave the the, the city because they you know have gotten into trouble. and I believe that that's how God uses it more than anything honestly. Um, we get to that low point and some of us don't need to you know end up in jail or be slapped with. You know, uh, getting in trouble with the law to eventually get there, but a lot of people do. And at least in my line of ministry, I've witnessed that it doesn't really click with people until they do. You know, it, it's like a slap in the face. And I think that God uses that as a way to be like, hey, knock, 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 I'm here and you need me. And here's why, you know. And I think that's what the criminal justice, I think that's what God uses the criminal justice for system more than anything for is to, as a wake-up call, really.
2: Shannon, when you mention the word rehabilitation, um, (laughs) my mind darts instantly to um, something that I watched, a couple of documentaries. Have you ever heard of Angola Prison in Louisiana or Louisiana? I'm from Louisiana, so I can say it that way.
0: I have not. I have not.
2: I would encourage you and our listeners, um, and it would probably inspire you to write music. It'll probably inspire you to tears. It has broken all metrics for rehabilitation. And as far as there's psychological, there's, you know, all sorts of things where they study, why does this inmate do this? Why do they go back to crime? Why do they do this? How can we rehabilitate better? Is it counseling? Is it the way we treat them? Is it too much solitary confinement? Is it too much this or that? Well, in Louisiana, they had some people that were bold enough to go, you know what? We're going to let the local ministries get at them, which a lot of places do, praise God. And they started having lifers. They're not going anyplace. Rapists, murderers, get born again. And these men begin worshiping God, great big old men, hands outstretched, weeping, hugging people, hugging other men of other races, loving them with the love of Christ. And it started catching on and catching on. And it started lowering the costs that you know, the government's sitting there looking at different things. And they're like, they don't care about the things of the Lord generally. They're looking at cost efficiency, um, rates of violence, you know, what are we spending? What's going on? And in every conceivable way, the only way that people could really be rehabilitated was by being becoming born again in the Word of God. So the state was like Louisiana; they're pretty much there's a lot of gospel believing folks. So they started going, "Hey, we'll, we'll pay for it with our local churches. We'll do this. Let's set them up. This, set them up. This." Eventually, they got to the point where they're sending lifers. And taking them to other prisons to minister the glorious gospel to other people, it'll blow your mind. You got to watch it. You'll, you'll have goosebumps, tears, and you'll probably be inspired to write a whole new album. I mean, it's, it's fantastic that, stuff.
0: That's absolutely amazing. You know, that actually reminds me, um, what inspired me actually a little bit um, was um, I actually have done quite a bit of research on serial killers, and I know that... Um, everybody has heard of of Jeffrey Dahmer yes. um yeah um and a lot of people and Ted Bundy as well I don't I'm so many of them but actually there is quite a few of these these very famous serial killers that actually were reformed and became true strong christian believers and repented um while they were you know, waiting to basically die in in prison. And it just goes to show you really the power of God and what, you know, what can be offered to people when they're taken out of society and, you know, put in prison. And so you guys are talking about rehabilitation at this, at this Angola. That is amazing. And I definitely believe that that is what one, the churches should be doing. It sounds like the church is actually doing what it was meant to do oh, there, it, it'll it'll that, blow that your it'll mind. Show
2: you. It'll blow your mind.
0: Oh yeah, and and I believe that both the, the criminal justice system and the churches should be working together because, like you said, you know it. It even says in the Bible that you know you can cast demons out of people, but unless you replace that, once you release that demon and there's that empty space there, unless you replace it with something, Jesus that, you know, that demon is just going to come back and bring seven more and it's going to be worse for that person.
3: It has
0: to be replaced with something. And the only thing you can replace that with is, is God. And there's nothing else that's going to be, um, successful, you know, and that's the, that's what's going to change people's lives. You can rehabilitate them all you want. You can give them a support system when they get out of jail to help them get a job and yada, yada, yada. But in the end, they're still going to have that giant hole in their chest that needs to be filled with something of substance. Giving somebody a job so that they can get money in a house is not going to fill that void in their life that they've been trying to fill with crime and everything else. They have to have something that lifts them up and builds them spiritually, you know, and that that's the only answer is God.
2: Yes. Well, you know, Glenn and I have talked often, and it's a pattern that maybe you see as well, But it seems like God moves in an extraordinary way. Obviously, we're in the United States. We have so much freedom. We probably don't appreciate it, you know, in general. Um, We have somewhat, I'm not trying to be like negative or like beat the church up, but there's a lot of lethargy, okay? People are not really that appreciative of the freedoms that we have. But where there's, um, if you're a lifer, you're behind bars. You have in the human, you don't have a hope of, dating a new woman or getting married or building a business or, or or going to the park tomorrow you have your cell and these men that turn and find the word of God and find salvation and God becomes preeminent in their life I see this there's certain I have some connections with some people in different countries that are very persecuted and I know some inside information and I hear what goes on and it's like wow in ways that the american church would have trouble conceiving god moves in prisons and moves in countries that are greatly persecuted and it's an amazing dynamic but no that that's that's very interesting rehabilitation through christ
1: Hmm. when i hear the word rehabilitation i hear another word that's might be similar but sounds like it reconciliation
2: yeah
3: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah
1: and that's that's what the whole purpose of the cross and, and the gospel is is to reconcile us who are rebellious against God's nature, Okay, we're not just rebelling against God's laws when we commit adultery, when we lie, when we kill, when we look upon a woman to lust after her, even going down deep into the depths of the heart. We are actually violating the very holiness, God's nature. We're going against his grain and the whole reason why he sent Christ. And I think the reason why... There was a prisoner on the cross that that got saved oh, right yeah. there. Oh. Was was to show that we are the prisoners, we are the criminals, uh, very clearly. Oh
0: yeah, definitely. I definitely agree. I you know a lot of people equate justice with vengeance, you know, or or paying somebody back for the things that they did. And I don't think that that's what justice is about at all. I mean, because if you read in the Bible, most of the time justice is actually equated with people. You know, um, bringing justice to widows, bringing justice to orphans. You know, and it and it's like, well, what do you, you know, why is it always talking about that? And it's because justice is about making things right, and it doesn't. That doesn't mean that it's vengeance. Um, it means, well, like you said, reconciliation. It's it's, you know, like with widows and orphans, they've been dealt a pretty rough lot in life. You know, and as Christians, you know, we're supposed to bring justice to them. By helping them through that hard lot in life, it has nothing to do with vengeance. And I think that justice is such a twisted word these days, you know, because people will be like, um, you know, talking about, you know, somebody who like the most recently the shooter, you know, and I think that when you have Christ, you don't look at justice as I want to get revenge on them. They need to be paid back for what, you know, they did more so as. I want to bring love, light and hope to these people, you know, and I think that's the difference um, that you guys are talking about. And so when these prisoners and whatnot come in to to jail, you know, and, and whatnot, it's not necessary for them to justice isn't getting them vengeance. Justice is giving them a a different life turning them completely around, you know, and and I think that that's the, the biggest thing for me is looking at justice in the correct way and not in the, you know, the Morse way.
3: Amen. And,
1: and you make a very good point, uh, Shannon. We, Dan and I, the Get Real studio, we're here in the Charleston, South Carolina area. And you probably remember several years ago, we had the um, horrible... Um, church shooting at the Mother Emanuel Church in, in oh, Charleston. Yes. Yeah. And that had the potential for a lot of people wanting to see vengeance executed very quickly, uh, right. both with it from the church and the community. And everything that happened here was counterintuitive to that desire for vengeance. There was a, a seeking for justice. And what that church did, what what they did was just, I believe, a model to the world and what to do in these situations is they prayed for that that young man who who did that Oh yeah! and what came together here in charleston uh when that happened we didn't see division but we saw this uniting of a desire for for true justice and prayer
2: for that young man who who did that so we've we've had a taste of that here it gave way to a real healing it did and one of the things oh, that yeah. comes to mind shannon is um and, Jay, sorry to leave you out, man, if you got something, let me know. When I think about justice, and then there's the current dangers of the insertion, and it's basically, let's call it what it is, it's communism. Mm-hmm. People will try to take the insertion of social justice, which would mean we're going to mandate that the state take control and then mandate out and make everything equal for everybody. And Jesus, in his perfect wisdom, when he said such things as, the poor will be with you always, that is bittersweet, okay? But Christ said Mm -hmm. that. That was God-breathed. And it's not so much that, hey, we support poverty. We have a command to address uh, benevolently uh, widows and orphans and the poor and to, to be generous on that personal ministerial basis. But then the Lord puts that barrier so that we don't go all utopian. Because let me tell you, you know, think about it. If anyone studies history, one of the things that is going to be glaring to the honest soul is that utopianism turns into bloodshed and poverty quickly over Mm -hmm. and over and over Mm -hmm. again. It's a continuous rudiment. So when people want to circumvent and do a Pravda-style forcing on American churches to try to make them feel guilty that we need social justice and you need to be an avenue of that nope our obedience is to Christ our obedience is to love our fellow man but not to insert this oppressive state government that would be the one in control even the you I feel like even rehabilitation is better done by the churches than it is by the sterile states. Yes. People need Christ. They need a loving hand. But also, people need to be able to to discern, is this a bum that just doesn't want to work, right? Mm. It, it, that's a tough saying to say, and let me discern. Before I give this guy soup, is this guy just taken because he's lazy, doesn't want to take care of Does he need the gospel? Does he need reproof? Does he need a man to come along and encourage him? comfort him it's a heavy deal but that thing is so popular right now of trying to insert that little pravda communist nonsense it's all been tried before to try to make the church feel guilty that we need to join some ecumenical government sponsored socialism it's like nope that brings poverty and genocide on a manifold level and nothing is i don't know of pretty much anything that's caused more bloodshed than communism frankly but that's my two cents yeah Shannon, oh, for,
1: yeah. for our listeners, what do you think the biggest misconception is about God's justice that we, you know, because we're fallen, we can't fully comprehend God. Uh, you mentioned just a few seconds ago, I think this would tie in with Jeffrey Dahmer. He, you know, I believe he cried out to be born again, and there's going to be a lot of surprises in, in heaven. A lot of people have a hard time wrapping their head around that.
2: Um that started our radio show, Yeah, by that the way. did,
1: yeah, back 18, 18 years ago now. Yeah. yeah, 18, wow, 18 years ago. Um, what do you think is the, <laughs> we're old, uh, what do you think is the biggest, but we rock, uh, what do you think is the biggest misconception that people have about God's justice, Shannon?
0: Well, it's like I mentioned before, and I think uh, that God's justice, people, people view it as a vengeance, and it's not. It's not God lashing out with a bolt of lightning to punish people it's God wanting to bring people in and save them and, and give them glory and grace. And a lot of people, you know, when <laughs> it's always the, the joke that, you know, somebody says something, you know, off color or blasphemous and people are like, Oh, I'm going to stay away from you. You're going to get, you know, hit with a bolt of lightning. You know, that's, that's not, God isn't this, this vengeful, you know, angry God. he, he wants to show you love and, and hope and grace. He wants to save you from yourself. He wants to save you from the world and, and all of its darkness. And the way that he can do that is, is through justice, you know? And so what a lot of people don't realize is that when, because it even says in the Bible that vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. And that's because yeah. when it comes down to vengeance, all of us as humans think of it as, as a Nasty thing, you know. But really, justice—God's justice—is making everything right in the world. Is making everything right, and that's just what it comes down to. And so, I think the the biggest misconception is that God's justice is this angry, nasty thing. When it's not, it's actually beautiful and peaceful and hopeful.
2: Amen. Yeah, Glenn, you and I were talking about that last week. Yeah, we were. (laughs) We were talking about light. Mm -hmm. And how a lot of people, they'll sit there, and how often have you heard this in ministry? I'm sure that you hear someone, I can't believe in a God that would send someone to hell. And you and I were talking about, well, God actually made the lake of fire, technically, for the devil. It was not made for humans originally. It was made for the devil and his angels. And you and I were talking about light and how, in a sense, light and judgment go hand in hand And darkness and mercy, not darkness in the sense of evil, but opacity or some sort of separation or estrangement from the direct presence of God. And it's almost as if you can imagine that in a sinful state, we can't enter into the manifold presence of God's light. He's a consuming fire. That would not work out well. I think about that scene in Raiders of the Lost oh, Ark, where they you open know. Up the ark they it's all it. like eyeballs, eyeballs, <laughs> eyeballs, <laughs> eyeballs everywhere, right? And it would it it wouldn't be groovy, right? No. And then we think about it's like because when God spoke the world into existence, the way the Lost video captured so wonderfully and spoke all these things, there was an order, there was a gist, there was an architecture, there was a plan And unlike me, I try to order a pizza and they give it to me wrong, right? When God speaks something into existence, it maintains that perfect integrity. It doesn't um, Mm. return into him void. It's exactly as he spelled it out. And now fallen Adam does not meet that criteria. So in a sense, judgment is the Logos word meeting up with whatever estate we find ourselves in at the end. Okay. And, and so it's not this vindictive, this angry, you bad boy, you bad girl, I'm going to get you for what you're doing. It's that you do not meet the original criteria. And the word is coming in to to judge the living word. And when we find ourselves in that manifold light, we have to deal with the fact and, and where I'm so thankful that we all are, is that we are covered in his blood, not by our own mm. effort, not by good works. We can sit there and go, I'm so stoked on the fact that he was my penal substitution. There was an element of criminality in what we, you know, the right. way we are. We were wayward. And even though Adam and Eve pulled it off, you know, it's like we get to inherit that bad boy. <laughs> yeah, thanks, thanks, guys. guys. <laughs> <laughs> but in all seriousness, we sit there and we get to enjoy. The benefits of that. So if you're listening and you hear and you're like, what are these people talking about? Why are they so goofy about Jesus? It's that he's the only hope to be made right. It's not a religious system where we turn into prudes and we talk a certain way and we do these things and God's going to, well, he's pretty good. You make it and you're not very, you're not quite as good. You're not going to make it. No, you have to be perfect. And you can only be made perfect through His blood, not that's by right. my conduct. And I know, hanging out with you, you ain't perfect, son. So that is a great point, Shannon. And I'm sorry to get preachy on that, but I get really excited when I think about that. It's not God's not this angry old man in the sky.
0: Yeah. And that's it's actually a really big thing for me this this past year. Um, the word empathy has been a. a who has been a very deep thing that I've been, been learning and, and been begging God to show me because empathy is such a deep, ooh, all-encompassing um, mm. lesson to learn. And I believe that um, God is, is a very—he's he's got so much empathy that he's not sitting up there being like, I'm going to strike you with lightning. He's sitting up there, and you have to realize that when you make a mistake— he's not sitting up there angry at you, like it's so angry. He wants to punch you or something. He's sitting up there with his heart broken, weeping for you. That's the difference in the way that people view, you know, God. And, you know, you were saying, you know, his, his justice and whatnot, his justice isn't angry justice. It's, it's, you know, he's weeping to save you. Like he's, he feels your pain. He knows, and he wants to save you. And that's, And I think that God, you guys were talking about the shooter that you guys had there and how the church handled it. I believe as you mature as a Christian that you learn empathy on a much deeper level to understand that about God, is that when somebody does something to you, it's not being a doormat to turn the other cheek. And this is where I've learned what turning the other cheek meant, because, you know, when you're a kid, you're like, okay, turning the other cheek, does that mean you just got to turn the cheek and let them hit you again or, you know— you don't understand the the depth of what that actually means the depth of what that means is exactly what that church did they had a person come in and and shoot and kill and and completely turn their church upside down but instead of getting vengeance and 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 you know getting back at this kid or his family or whatever they had empathy they looked beyond his his top action, the action that they saw that was at the top layer, and they dug down deep to look at him the way that God would look at him. And they felt sorry for him because a kid doesn't just walk into a church and shoot them up because he's all fine and dandy. There is something much, much deeper going on there. That's right. So he doesn't need, yes, he doesn't need somebody to come in and and slap a, you know, a jail sentence on him. He needs somebody to come in and say, not what you did, but there's something here, and I want to help you with that. Let's dig deeper, you know, and love them, love them through this crap that that they're doing. And sometimes people show it in some pretty crazy ways. But when you mature as a Christian, you view people with that empathy that God has. Yes, does it still hurt your humanness? Of course, your heart's still going to break when somebody treats you poorly. It's going to hurt, of course but you look past that pain to see their pain and why they're able to do that to somebody you know such as you and and you see that with the godly eyes and you're able to try and reach out to them or you know see them like God would and pray for them and that's where you can change people and justice still be there.
1: Wow, very very well put. And as Dan and I have grown, Shannon, we have learned, and we both remind each other that the wrath of Dan and the wrath of Glenn worketh not
2: the righteousness of God. (laughs) 100%. And forgiveness, hey, if you want to stop your spiritual life, hold on, forgiveness. Oh, I, I can in give testimony day. of that. Yeah. Usually, it's of somebody going and I did something so great. Look at what the Lord did for me. I've done when I <laughs> yeah. held ought. When I held ought, I was almost like, you know what? I'm I'm ready to become a deist. I just don't sense God anymore. It's all God, but it's like he he said that you yeah. got to forgive because he forgave us. Yeah. So God is good. God yeah. is good. This has been a blessing. Thank you, God, yeah. so much. Hey, how can our listeners?
1: Yeah, yeah, how can our listeners support you guys? Where can they get your stuff? Where can they find you on the web? Give us, give us the download on that, please.
0: Well, you can, of course. Facebook is probably the best place. Um, we always uh, post lyric videos with all of our songs as soon as they're released. You can find all of our music on iTunes, Google Play Music, YouTube. I mean, you can find it on any. A musical platform online. Um, uh, yes, yeah, so you pretty much you Google us it and it will pop up everywhere. So
1: awesome. Now my next question is, how do we order a blackberry
2: pie? <laughs> yeah, I want muffins because <laughs> I'm, I'm getting I'm getting hangry yeah, when i when I'm cheating on my diet, I'm going to be like, <laughs> I need some muffins. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, um, you know, ordering blackberry pies is really hard since by the time they reach you guys, they'd be molded. But <laughs> I guess the best way to do it is because I love South Carolina so much. Um, you can, you know, give me a plane ticket and then I'll just throw in the blackberry well, pie
1: for free. There we go. You give me
0: beaches, I'll give you blackberry pies. <laughs> yeah.
3: That's good. That's good.
1: Send us blackberry pies. <laughs> so, um,. <laughs> what we're going to do is you guys are the prophetic artists of the month for the month of september yes they are so we okay. are going to post all of your links and some information about you guys on our website at lithoscry.com that's l-i-t-h-o-s-c-r-y.com again we've got shannon and jay with us from world awesome
2: band awesome people super smart i love these guys uh, i do too and and when you listen to that about uh, the documentary about angola please kind i want to hear your reaction from when you watch those uh, videos i really do It's you'll find it on youtube it's all over the place and when i saw it i was like i'd never heard of it in my life it blew my mind it'll affect you so there we go from pop music to muffins to heavy metal yep to justice guys i
0: have to mention this i have to mention this since we're going to be the spotlight artists uh for the month of september the month of September is my birthday month. Oh, so you'll have to listen as my birthday present. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Happy birthday
1: to you! Happy birthday oh, that's to you. Great. That is awesome. That is awesome, man. <laughs> God's really worked this way. betty crocker we hit that a little yeah, word of totally, knowledge there a little totally. word of knowledge with uh with this here dude i think we are rolling in the spiritual stream today yeah so. no it's
2: good <laughs> jay shannon it's been a pleasure
1: bless you guys it has been thank you guys and uh thank
0: you guys so much for having us you guys are
1: awesome thank you and to our listeners rock on and peace out
2: Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you so much. That was such a blessing. Thank
0: you guys so much. And that gonna, was fun. I'm going to
2: start utilizing au fond. In au fond, my, yes. I would like, <laughs>
1: I'd like a blackberry au fond, please. <laughs> the, essence of, the essence of blackberry. essence of blackberry. Blackberry. That's like blackberry pie a la mode, isn't it, au fond? <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's my new muffin recipe. Yes, man. all
3: poetic. Yeah.
1: <laughs> what, what? You said we're pathetic?
2: <laughs> we hear that a lot. We hear that a lot. Man. Man. Oh, poetic.
1: Oh, okay. I see an outtakes going on here.
3: (laughs) Bless you guys. Take care. Bless
1: you. Have fun, guys. Yeah,
3: God bless. Thank you. Bye-bye.